And grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Which do you spend more time doing? Judging other people's sins or confessing your own? It's probably a pretty cutting question to begin with, right? Of course, Paul, if you read in our text for today, makes clear that that same question would have been pretty cutting in his day as well. I suppose we could easily say it would be cutting in any day, really. All humanity, regardless of the age they live in, is always much more apt to see the sins of others than they are to confess their own sins. But as our scripture for tonight reminds us, to do that all the time is very dangerous. Why? Well, because the very words that we will use to condemn others will just as easily condemn us if they are aimed at us. When you're sitting and talking at your, in your home about how others are so mean, what are you doing other than being mean? When you go driving and you are talking to others in the car about those other people who are never satisfied or content, do you ever ponder that sometimes when you're talking about that, you're going to pick up something new that you had to have? When you talk about those people, you know who they are, who think they're better than everybody else, Well, when you speak those words, what are you doing other than claiming that you're better than those people? Yes, the words we use against others cut us as well. All too often when we judge others, it is an exercise in pride for us. We're not really all that concerned about the people that we're judging We're not judging them because we're really worried that they're engaging in sin and that they're placing themselves in spiritual peril. Instead, we like to judge them guilty of some specific sin, hoping that others might notice that we, we don't do that sin. We're innocent. And that judging of others for the sake of making ourselves feel good Well, that is precisely the kind of judging that Jesus forbids throughout the scriptures. Oh yes, we love to bring out the measuring tape to see how others are doing, to reveal that we perhaps are standing a little taller in one regard than they are. But of course, it's a dangerous game to play because when God gets out his measuring stick, we certainly do not measure up. Oh, we might be a little less prone to one sin than another person is, but in the end, we are not clean. All have fallen short, us included, terribly short, to be honest. So better than playing the games that pride wants us to play, instead, we should simply receive humility's invitation to just come and be clean to be honest about ourselves and receive Christ's cleansing. Yes, pride must always fall in order that confession can come forth. 
I want to encourage you in these midweek Lenten services to ponder this question. What will happen if I confess my sins? We might more naturally be prone to ask, what will happen if I don't confess my sins? But that question I want you to think about is at least as important of a question to ponder. What will happen if you do confess your sins? Paul in our reading for tonight indeed does tell us that if we don't confess our sins, we're essentially begging God to pour out his wrath upon us on the last day. He says that we ought to be careful, being prideful, because he says that if we do so, we are acting as if we think God doesn't really care about sin, that he's so kind and nice that he certainly couldn't be mad at us about our sins. And he says that's a dangerous thought to have. But his point is not just to tell us about what might happen if we don't confess our sins, but also to speak the answer about what happens when we do. For we should confess our sins. And why? Well, Paul says it is because God is kind to sinners. He shows that kindness in a very specific way by delivering the forgiveness of sin to those sinners who confess their sins. Imagine for a second two different scenarios. Imagine the county sheriff putting out this notice. Anyone who stops by the office next Monday will have any items on their record removed and any associated fines or penalties will be forgiven. No questions asked. How busy you think the office would be that day? Now imagine the same sheriff posting another notice that says this. Tickets will be issued and fines will be assigned For anybody who stops by next Tuesday and admits that they've ever exceeded the speed limit when an officer was not present. How busy would the office be that day? So how do you think of God? Which type of sheriff is he? Do you think that when you come before God and admit all that you have done, that he will simply impose penalties on you? for revealing the things you have done to him? Or do you believe that he'll clean your record? That he won't even require you to pay for those things that you were unquestionably guilty of? Well, you need not wonder what kind of sheriff he is, for God has told us. He has promised to forgive every sin because of Jesus' death and resurrection. God is kind to sinners. He is forgiving towards them. He is merciful. It's quite frankly crazy not to go in and confess your sins to God because you know what you're going to receive. And yet, we don't always do it, do we? We're not always quick to confess our sins. So what is it that stops you from confessing your sins to God freely? Is it that you don't want to admit who you really are or what you've really done? Do you think you can trick yourself and others and maybe even God into thinking that your thoughts and your words and your deeds are somehow always perfectly pristine? Or perhaps you simply think that since everyone sins, 
Your sins are just not worthy of all the fuss of specifically confessing them. Oh, sure, you'll say a poor, miserable sinner in the midst of the crowd, but you're not going to fall down before God and act as if you've done things that are worthy of his attention. Or is it that you doubt what our text said? Do you doubt the kindness of God? Do you think that it's possible if you do reveal what you have done, that he might never love you again? Did he turn on you? Flee from all such lies. Your sins, they are serious in every way. And yet God's mercy is so grand that it sends all those sins away. The Catechism says when it comes to confession, there are really two parts of confession. The first is simply that we actually confess our sins. And then the second is God's response. Next week we'll talk more about that. But tonight we should say that for confession and absolution to work as God's intends, both parts must always be present. If we don't confess our sins, we're actually cutting ourselves off from that forgiveness, that absolution that God wishes us to have. We're instead inviting sin and iniquity to destroy us, body and soul, from the inside out. So tonight, simply know this. God is kind. He wishes to forgive you. He wants you to stop playing games and just come clean. That's the first part of confession. That you simply confess what God already knows, that you've fallen short you're sorry for your sin and that you want it out of your life. And so you've come to God, the one person who can do that. And do you know what will happen if you do it? Do you know what will happen if you confess your sins? You know. God is kind. He will forgive you. And you will live. Amen. Then indeed, May God's grace and mercy rest continually upon us sinners. We ask this in Christ's holy name. Amen.